This is the Squared Goal Podcast with Mark Morris and Jared Maruyama. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Squared Co. Podcast. That's right. Not another, another episode. I'm your host, Mark Morris, and Jared Mariyama is also here yet again. Jared, I still think we should formalize that intro, but maybe it's too late now. Is it, are we well beyond? It's that? way too late. Okay. Way too late. Um, but I wanted to say... So people, they before we jump into what we're actually going to talk about here, um, we've we've I think we've said this a couple times on the podcast in previous episodes. I know for sure we did it with Miguel um, when we're talking about toys and his his future plans for his line of rad retro um, figures, line action figures. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, you are a huge Madonna fan. I am. I don't think I don't think we've uh, we've talked about how big of a fan you are, but <laughs> on this record day, yes, it happens to be her birthday. Madonna turns sixty today, so I just wanted to ask you: Is this like a holiday for you? Uh, that's good. Holiday, very good. <laughs> um, yes, holiday. Yes. <laughs> Uh, no, it's not. But I can't believe she's 60. Uh, you know, it's I followed her career from the very beginning, from as long as you possibly could. And uh, we we always talked about what it would be like Madonna at 60 or, at a, you know, at a higher age. And uh, I don't know. She's, you know, she's one of those people that people either kind of love her or hate her uh, and are very passionate about it either way. So, Who hates her? Uh, a lot of people get all upset about it. Look, over the years... I've had to defend <laughs> my <laughs> Madonna fandom so very much. Like, you know, when you're a big fan of something, people come to you and ask you questions yes. like, like, how come she did that? I'm like, I, <laughs> I have no idea. You know, then you're like acting like PR and trying to say, well, you know, she likes to challenge things and <laughs> push boundaries. And, oh, that's yeah. so funny. But no, it's that's it's like, amazing that it's been this the, long. The only thing I have that's similar to that is like Star Wars and Ninja Turtles, and it's the mm-hmm. same thing. It's like I'm known as the Ninja Turtle guy or right. the Star Wars guy within my friends and family. Yeah. So they'll ask me things that are just so obscure, but somehow tied to Star Wars. It'd be like a personal George Lucas question. I'm like mm-hmm. I don't know. I yeah. just <laughs> watch Star Wars. Like. I don't know if it is how old his daughter is. Well, it's funny too because well, Star Wars is a good example, but like with Madonna, it's it's uh, it's rare to be able to follow someone this long where they sort of stay in the in the spotlight this long. Uh, most yes. of like the people from the eighties have sort of faded away or died, um, so mm-hmm. it's it is kind of weird to still be able to pay four hundred dollars for a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so. Yes, it's like a holiday. We'll say it's like a holiday today. <laughs> uh, you know what? There's more celebrating coming on or coming up right now because you know about this, Jared. I we do. hit our goal of 25 written reviews. We actually more crushed than. that goal, and we're almost at the next 
milestone. What? Yeah. Milestone. I'm so terrible at this, but so every time we hit uh 25 reviews, we will be giving away a prize. We've hit 25. We're actually at, I believe, 44 at the time of this recording. So by our next record, we might already have our second giveaway um, for our reviews. But this time, since it took so long, Jared and I have accumulated a lot of goodies for this prize box or this right. prize pack. So we're splitting it up into two. And we have already randomly selected our winners from those that have written a written review right. and left it for us on iTunes. So to be Our clear, first, because oh, before go we go, I got questions on this. We didn't cut it off at the 25th review. We're, we're taking right. everybody, the, the, I think there's 44 written reviews, and we are going from mm -hmm. that as we speak. Uh, and so then for the next drawing, we will still include these 44, but we'll add on yes. the next uh, batch of them as well. So you'll always stay in the in the mix, uh, just to clarify. Exactly. That. And a little more clarification, it has to be a written review because mm -hmm. we actually have 49, like you can give Starred the, the stars. Yeah, yeah. But we have no idea who leaves those. We can only see the username and who wrote it on um, if it's a written review. Okay, so, so we randomly selected, we didn't base this on who wrote the best anything. review. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah it doesn't matter what the review is but i am going to read the reviews of those that we um selected the first winner is josh lewis and his review is the squared co podcast is a ton of fun i love how they talk through pop culture as well as interview some great artists so josh lewis i hope you're listening to this yes um if you so you um are going to be getting jared's prize box so please reach out send us a dm on either facebook or instagram whatever is more convenient for you and we will get you your prize pack and do you want to say which pack he's getting i said oh i'm or, sorry i didn't so jared's oh. jared's sending okay you a prize i might be having right? some audio issues <laughs> I might have missed that, or I'm just not paying attention. Okay. Uh, you're probably not listening. Yes. I know you tune me out as soon as I start going. Very busy. The other the other winner, is, which is getting the better prize, actually, mm -hmm. I'm sending you my prize pack, is Greg. Oh, my God. I'm terrible with names. If you listen to this, Greg Gosline. Goslin. Yeah, Goslin. Gosline. No. <laughs> 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 nowhere is that you the know right if, if you tried to make it sound fancier or add some syllables um it, it, it always goes over better that way yes but greg wrote absolutely love the squared co podcast there is nothing i love more than some awesome design talk the last jedi ruled which don't agree with that last part <laughs> but um thank you so much for writing a review greg um so just like i said before Please contact us because um, we don't know your handles or anything, so we can't reach out to you. But if your name is Greg Gossolini <laughs> or Gosline or Goslin, uh, please send us a DM and we will get that prize pack to you right away. And thank you to everybody who took the time to write a review. Really appreciate it. Really helps us out. I know I personally do not write reviews for podcasts. Uh, I should probably. <laughs> 
but I don't know why it seems like such a big task. So thank you for those of you who actually took the time to do it. We really do appreciate it. I actually tried. So after we've been talking about and promoting how important it is to write a review for ours, I tried to get into there's a few podcasts that I listened to. I wanted to kind of return the favor or pay it forward. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I got so far as to find it on iTunes and I'm not really an iTunes user mm-hmm. personally. Like I'll use um, different apps to listen to podcasts um, or just go directly to the podcast website. Uh, so I have an Apple ID. I do not remember what it is or the <laughs> password. So I, I can't log in to write a review. So I feel bad about that. You can do it on um, one of the other platforms, can't you? Doesn't it all carry over? No, it has to be iTunes. I have no idea how all that works. I think it's actually separate. So mm. like if, if you're following us on iTunes, but not on SoundCloud, like those are two different systems or like, yeah, it just works out differently. Yeah, I will do it but, if it's for a friend or for like a smaller podcast. Like I've done it for a couple. Like uh, I was there too because I just liked that podcast so much. Uh, but things mm-hmm. like, you know, I listen to My Favorite Murder. It's so big. It doesn't make a difference. <laughs> they don't need right, more right. reviews for anything. And what am I going to say? That's interesting. So, yeah, thank you to people who, who actually who actually did it. Are you listening to anything podcast wise right now? Um, you know, I go through phases and I've actually not been into any podcast for yeah, months. Now. I know. Um, I don't know why or like, it's not that I'm not interested in them or when I do listen to them, I, I like it. It's just, I don't know why there's recently over the last few months. Um, yeah, there hasn't been anything that's really pulled me, um, and drawn me to want to listen to that many do you ever listen to podcasts at the gym or are you a music guy oh hell no okay that what kind of a madman will listen i think a a lot of people listen to like are you that crazy no i'm not i i need music (laughs) uh but so with podcasts it's like even when i'm doing it while i'm working it's it's so difficult to actually pay attention pay attention so i i want to be able to i don't know get the most out of the content if i'm going to to listen to it at the gym like you've got to be focused on it's actually could be dangerous if you're (laughs) not paying attention to what you're physically doing and get engaged into the conversation well i think like a treadmill situation would probably be maybe yeah yeah Yeah. but do you so then you listen to music or what do you listen to or do you um man this is such a dumb gym guy question i love it i know i was hoping (laughs) you so i um i used to this is such a meathead answer. Man. Tony Robbins so books? Is that what it is? No, no, not even. <laughs> it's worse. I used to be so into working out that like music was actually a distraction to the workout. Oh, jeez. So I, I wanted to be in, fully into the music. Or I mean, not into the, music, the, workout. the workout. Sure, okay. And like every single exercise that I was doing and like every body part that I was trying to engage, like all of my mental and physical concentration would go into the workout and music would just be a distraction from it. So you'd listen to nothing or, or what did you do? Well, I mean, obviously like every gym has yeah, 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 yeah. music or something, but I would just turn, tune it out. Uh. Like if I had earplug earbuds in or headphones, like not only is that a, like somewhat of a physical, um, 
what do you call it? Distraction? Yeah. Because it's on your head and you have to worry about this wire right, going right. around or even if they're wireless, um, it's this physical thing attached to your body. Um, I don't know. This is so stupid. Ah, Why are you it, making me do this? I think this? it's interesting. I, I, I like it because it uh, it kind of tells people don't talk to me. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, you know how you get some chatty people at the gym? That's the worst. Oh, okay. That is the worst. I actually, this happened... T- when I went to the gym today and I was, as it was happening, I was like, I wonder if this is something I can talk about on the podcast. <laughs> there you go. See? But it, and then as soon as I left, I was like, it's not a workout podcast. Let's not get into oh, it. Everybody since goes you to the gym. Yeah, since you yeah. brought it up, I can't stand the people that go to want to like talk to you. Mm-hmm. There's a guy in the locker room saying like, Oh, I, I really like the, uh, the locks with the key on it. I prefer a key over having the combination lock because I can keep the key in my pocket and I don't have to worry about remembering what numbers it. And he's just went off. I'm like, dude, I don't know you. That's great. You like key locks instead of a combination, but was he like an old guy? Conversation tends to be like an old he was, guy. He was old. Yes. Older, but like, I just, he went off on key locks versus combination locks. And I was just like, trying to be polite but also like get the hell out of there so i can just not be a part of this conversation yeah i well just in general i hate i hate the gym locker room i just can't it's just disgusting all the way around and just (laughs) like everything goes wrong there like the other day i dropped my gym towel in the locker room and well had to let that go yep that's done (laughs) i'm not even gonna pick it up to throw it away (laughs) it's just gonna stay there Uh, nothing more tragic than like if your shoelace comes untied in there and i'm like oh Oh, that's it (laughs) i gotta work out with one shoe untied now (laughs) (laughs) but yeah we could probably do a whole goofball gym episode Uh, anyway we should we could we could move on. I didn't think we were speaking of the gym. Yes. We've got an art show coming up. That's right. Perfect segue. (laughs) That transition. (laughs) So since I'm terrible at this, Jared's going to tell you all about our next gallery show, which is called dames. And it is held going to be held at Leanna Lynn's wonderland on September 15th. So this is the first show. I think, would you say this is the first show that we kind of worked on together? I'd say like this is well, you so you've participated as just a contributing artist mm-hmm. on the the previous right. ones, but this is the first uh, that you have somewhat of a larger role in. I guess yeah, we're just saying that right? yeah, kind of, <laughs> kind of, sort of. It's all very easy. Um, <laughs> no, so we did this. At, we've talked about this on the previous episode. Uh, we're probably killing you with it on social media as you're listening to this. So. Um, I don't think we have to explain too much. It's a tribute to women from pop culture, female characters. We've got a lot of fantastic artists. Uh, you probably already know about them if you've seen the list or if we've heard us uh, mentioning them on um, either the previous show or on social media. But we mm-hmm. have an embarrassment of, of riches for this show. We've got Don Clark. <laughs> <laughs> um, just There's a lot of go. Clarks in this show. <laughs> we've got the Clarks. Yep. Um Tommy Perez is back. The, all of the artists are listed on Leanna Lynn's site. You can go there and check out mm. all, all the information. We are both going to be there for the opening on September 15th. That's a Saturday. Um, so Correct. if you are in the area or you happen to be in the area, come by and check it out and say hello. We'd love to interact and have people buy up all the art the first night. 
Have you started your piece yet, Jared? I have. Uh, well, by the time this airs, for sure. But yes, even as we're <laughs> recording this, my piece is done and uh, at the printers. But I have a difficult printer, so we'll see if it actually happens. But um, we'll see. Yeah. We'll How about see. you? Have you uh, completed your piece? Not even close. I've started. Excellent. Um, but the it is nowhere near completion. Hopefully, by the time this records, I will be very close to finishing because there will be a deadline that is rapidly approaching. Mm-hmm. You, you've you done these shows before, uh, like at the, the pizza place and the, um, the cookie place cookie. and stuff like that. It, this is sort of a different situation because Leanna Lynn has an ongoing exhibition all the time in her store. How is this different for you? I, I feel like it's it's less work this time. Um... It is because she is she's great and is doing a lot of the legwork that I normally would be doing mm-hmm. um, as far as actually collecting the physical pieces and hanging it. So it's been I wouldn't say it's necessarily easier, but it's definitely taken a lot of um, stress and work off of my plate as far as the curation of these shows go. Yeah. One other thing, I want to put you on the spot here, and you're going to hate me for this and possibly edit Great. this out, but I've been getting a lot of questions about how does one get to participate in, in a show? <laughs> and I know, like, you know, this is the question everybody gets when it comes down to these things, but is there a process for you or for Squared Co. in general, like how you go about selecting your artists? Does it, do you so, match them you know, to the show theme or like, what can you say? I try to. Um, so the, f- this is actually a great question to ask in the intro to this guest, um, which we haven't said yet, but the, today's guest on the show is Colin Schlicht. Um, and he actually did this. He reached out to me, I think via DM, I forget through which social media platform mm-hmm. and just said like, Hey, I'm really interested in getting into the pop culture art scene. Let me, and I like your shows. Let me know if you think I'd be a fit for one. Um, and I have to say that I was, I wasn't a dick, but I think I just did not respond at first. <laughs> Great. So fantastic story. Colin, I'm sorry <laughs> if, if you remember this happening, but, um, what that did do is he got on my radar. Yes. So I'm not saying that this is going to work hundred percent of the time is literally, I think it was like a year ago before I even started the conversation with him to do this show. Um, so there's very, it, it doesn't, even if you get a response out of me or you don't, um, you know, it may be a long time before there's either an opening for a new artist to jump on board or the right project. So, um, to answer your question, I would, I like to try and match every artist to a specific show or project that, you know, make sure they're all a good fit. Um, but the easiest way to get on our radar would be to participate in these monthly prompts that we have. Mm-hmm. So, and you have to actually follow the directions. <laughs> so it's very simple. Um, and we're getting, so I think in June we started this squared co-create hashtag where every single month we'll give you a new prompt um, to post a different type of artwork. So it started off with Jurassic June, then we did super summer and now we're into duck doodle. Um, but anyways, I follow the hashtag. If you participate, use the hashtag squared co-create um, and you have to tag squared co on your actual post. 
because that's how we'll see um, who participated. If you just mm -hmm. tag us in the comment, that disappears so quickly because now this is turning into a bigger thing and there's we've got hundreds of posts using the squared co-create hashtag. Um, the way that I'll repost something on Instagram at least, I will go through to see who tagged the actual image. Right. So if you don't tag SquaredCo in the image, it does not come up as I'm searching for this. So yeah, um, it's pretty simple. As long as you use the hashtag and tag us in the post, um, I will see it. And then, um, like I said with Colin, it may be a long time before I reach out to you to participate in something, but that is the best way to get on the radar of SquaredCo um, and to potentially be able to participate in one of these future shows or projects. Well, I think it's interesting too, because you, you don't always have to, uh, you said that you didn't respond to Colin. I always think these inquiries don't require actually a response. I mean, it's nice if you can't, but uh, to me, I, I think it's more of an in informational email where you're saying, I would love to do these shows, take a look at my work. Please let me know if you could use me like that to me seems the most like uh, efficient way to do it because then like if you're not going to use that person, you're not going to write back and say, I I'm not going to use you, you know? So I think <laughs> like, that's the thing, like have your portfolio or, or your Instagram or something that's filled with your work, have your work accessible so that we can check it out or that Mark can check it out. Um, because otherwise it's just a waste of everybody's time. Like I do get a lot of things where people are like, well, I want to be this, you know, how do I work for Disney? They don't include a link to their page. They don't do anything. I'm like, how stupid is that? Why would you do that? Yeah, so, well, it's hard. I mean, it's hard to coach nothing. Yes. Essentially. Yes. For, for, for your um, like particular situation where they're coming to you more for advice. Um, yeah, if you don't have anything to show, it's hard to kind of steer an individual in a certain direction. Um, and I mean, it goes the same way for, for Squared Code too. Like, if you don't have a portfolio of work, I have no idea how to pair you to the right gallery show or project because we don't only do, I don't talk about it a lot, but um, we don't only do gallery shows mm -hmm. and curating. Right. I do have clients um, and a lot of the times if I'm not the right fit for it or if I don't have time, I will still do the job and the project, but step back as more of an art director role, and I'll find the creative that can do the job the way I think it should. Um, so, yeah, if you don't have a work, a portfolio that is visible and, I don't know, says something, yeah. like it's really hard to pair you to the right project yeah and so like even with instagram i'd say it, i would try to keep your instagram like the majority should be your work i, I think you can obviously sprinkle in some other things but if you have right. to like scroll through to find five pieces of your work then maybe you mm -hmm. should think about splitting into a different you know a professional instagram and a, and a personal instagram or something like that because that, that's happened a couple times too where i just cannot find the work or they repost other people's work so much i can't tell which Who's is theirs <laughs> yeah Right. So I'm like, oh, I love that piece. Oh, it's not them. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's interesting. We actually talk about that in this mm -hmm. episode as well. We do. Um, so. So, I think we've been rambling long enough. But do you have anything else? 
Oh, there's one just more want thing. to say thank you to everybody who's been doing this. This DuckTales theme has really taken off, which is fantastic. It's been the biggest one so far. So I can't quite tell if people are just kind of jumping on board now with this Squared Code creator or if they just like DuckTales. So we'll see. I think it's DuckTales. We'll see next month. Yeah. <laughs> but if you guys have any ideas or something for, for a, a oh, topic yes. or a prompt, that would be great. please leave us a comment or write to us or do something. Get in touch. Uh, and then we are happy to take your suggestions because... Uh, it comes down to like the last few days of the month and we're scrambling to figure out what we're going to do. So might as well come from you guys. But that's it. Let's go ahead and move on to call it. All right. Here is today's episode with art by Colin, Mr. Colin Schlicht. Enjoy. Welcome to the Squared Co. Podcast, Mr. Colin Schlicht. See? Uh, did I do it? Did I get you it? You got it, man. man 100% nailed it. 100%. As it was coming out of my mouth, mm. I was, yeah, I was getting a little <laughs> awkward, or, uh, scared there. A little hesitation. You know, it's, oh, man. Yeah. It's no, like, it. it's, one, it's one syllable, but it's a yep. tough syllable. It's oh, a it's pretty very tough. tough syllable it's, to get out. It's like a German one syllable, though. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, schlicht. Yeah, it kind of it it it, it kind of lingers. It goes on in uh, different. You directions. just gotta say it. You just gotta say it with authority, man. Just go. For I it. guess schlicht. I guess if you grow up, Mark Morris, everything seems <laughs> fancy. It's difficult. Yeah. Super. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Real difficult. <laughs> Well, guys, um, thanks so, for having me. I appreciate it. I really do. Oh, you guys yeah. Are no. Great, man. Um, I don't know if you've actually, you know, we, we have a lot of guests on, and it's, I'd say it's like 50 50 of people that actually listen to the show. So <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you have listened to the show or if you are a regular listener or if you just caught a few. But earlier this year, we started um, our records with a little game. Okay. We kind of strayed away from the game, but we decided to bring it back for today's episode with okay. Colin Schlicht. Schlicht. Um, Jared, you want to explain the game? Because I don't know how to explain anything. So, Colin, show. it's nothing to be nervous about. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, we, we, Except very nervous. Uh, yes, totally. Yeah, so sure. we've got 20 questions here. We're going to only ask you five questions, and we're going to let you pick the number just the number, not the question, and we will randomly give you <laughs> one of the questions from that list. These are just very easy toss-away questions, so we get to know you a, a little bit more just before we start uh, into the conversation. So give me a number between 1 and 20 for your first question. 1 and 20. Let's do number 7. It's number 7. What's your favorite pizza topping? Starting off easy, softball. Oh, <laughs> man, this is tough. Um, there are i think there are a lot of food questions on here there are that's totally fine we had a guest that had like it was every single food question mm-hmm. on there yeah. <laughs> yeah let's let's see what happens with colin okay uh, pepperoni mushroom all the way i like extra cheese um are you a pineapple guy ever or anti oh, oh never ever oh, never ever a pineapple guy that doesn't even no. cross my mind thank you colin oh yeah thank you for such traditionalists the, we can share we can share pizza colin and i there you go I, yeah look forward it's to it safe yep i actually thank you for asking jared i had pizza last night oh okay um, great i try i try <laughs> not to but pizza <clears throat> and cookies are my yes. like, favorite foods in the world 
more yep. than anything. I had, um, well, I had a few more toppings, but pepperoni and mushroom were on mm-hmm. my pizza last but night. But do you guys tend to be the like just uh, just a few toppings as opposed to like a combo or something that's like crazy crazy toppings? Like it's the mood. It yeah. just depends on the mood. I yep. think I can go like full on supreme or meat lovers, uh, but then I can also enjoy just a standard pepperoni. So guys, I'll go to I'll go to the grocery store and bust out one of those tombstones like all plain <laughs> cheese, that yeah. lovely cheese pizza just for me. Cheese in the crust. <laughs> um, yeah. No so problem. you've just relocated recently to Portland, which is a great yeah. food area, obviously. But it's yeah. like you have to find your new places. Have you found a pizza place already? That's like going to be your place. Uh, not really a pizza place per se, but my, my wife and I have been really looking out for a proper happy hour and, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of tough, you know, you got to try things and, uh, everything's good, but we're still really waiting for that, man, that's, this is our to go to spot, you yes. know? So, yeah. Well, lots um, of stuff to try there for sure. There's a ton. There's- yeah. That's the good and bad of moving is it's all new. So you get to experience this, this new stuff. But then like Jared was saying, you don't have that staple and that comfort location that, yeah. you know, your go-to yeah, pizza the old place or didn't have that. whatever. But then you make yeah. friends and then the locals start telling you like, why do you go there? That's garbage. Oh, pizza. Yeah. You should go <laughs> pizza. What are you doing? Yeah. No, um, there's a really cool place up the road. We actually live uh, in Hillsboro. Mm-hmm. So it's um, like and everything is real close by, which is really cool. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, we just moved over here and we're we're still scoping it out and everything. But there's a really cool place up the road. Oh, gosh, what's it called? Like something Kinnaman's Tavern or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, this really neat old place. And it's got this outdoor patio and everything. And so it's a really cool hangout spot. So. Okay, we will definitely talk more about your move in a moment here, but let's get through these. No Pick us another number. Three. Question number three, do you have a pet? Another pretty easy one, pretty straightforward. Right. Um, <laughs> no, I, I had some pets. I had cats growing up. Uh, I really, really want a dog. Really want a black lab. And I was just going to ask <laughs> Very if you specific. have a specific yeah. dog oh, that you wanted. Yeah, they're way cool. I've already got a name picked out and everything. So, yeah. I go th- I go through <clears throat> phases of mm-hmm. dog. Like, I will get obsessed with a certain breed and do the same thing where, like, I, I can see it in my head. I have a name for it. Oh, so, the, like, recently the one, like, one of the breeds I wanted was a Brittany Spaniel. Oh. I think they're now just called Britneys. Okay. Um, but they are... I, such cool dogs, and Jared's going to think this is the dumbest name ever. <laughs> <laughs> the name of my Brittany would be Pupperson. What's that from? It's from my weird brain. Um, okay. Pupperson? But yeah. there's so many different, like, you know, when they're cute and small, you're yep. like, oh, look at the little puppy. And, like, you do all these little cute names that have to do with puppy. Yes. So with Pupperson as the name, there's an endless amount of, like, but, you know, plays on that mm. that will always make sense. You can call them Pup, Pups, 
Pupper, but puppers. You, but you do that anyway. It's like you're yeah, jumping you over anyway. the actual name and you're going right yeah, to the then nonsense the dog, baby talk. The dog will be less confused when you use all of these cute names and terms. I still think you See? should give it a more formal, See? A formal name. Peter, right. but Peter Pupperson. Has, something. That has now <laughs> my new uh, obsession or like dog that I really want is a Frenchie. And I have uh, different names for it depending on the color that I get. So if it's like a tan or a cream colored okay. Frenchie, I will name him Pierce. Yeah. And, and then I, if I get a dark, dark colored one or like a gray or a brindle, his name will be Keith. All right. <laughs> That's so good, man. This is okay, I, I feel like I can share my dog name then. Oh, wow. Okay, I okay. didn't want to push yes, it. Let's so, do it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so Black Lab, I've always wanted to name my dog Gotham. Gotham, there That's you a go. good name. Yeah. That's a yeah. good name for um, a Black Lab. Yeah, my wife came up with it. And I was just like, man, you are the one for me. <laughs> he can wear a, he can wear a cape so and sense. eyeliner. Yeah. Yeah, eyeliner. <laughs> well, Gotham yeah. dog. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay well that seemed like it was more mark's question than yours we will uh have you pick another number we we'll have three more of these to get through oh so. man okay let's do number one number one tell me something in your netflix queue this could be something you are currently watching something you're planning on watching whatever you want to share with us yeah Did sure you? um man best thing to come through netflix for me was stranger things um, okay i'm just man that Every single time I watched it, I, I rewatched the, yeah, I rewatched the, uh, let's see, the first season I watched twice and the second I only watched once, but they're both awesome. I, d I was going to ask you mm -hmm. for, so for me, it definitely took a step down for the second season. I <laughs> think, and I've said this before many times on the show for Netflix and actually like most series, TV series. The first season, I love it. Second season, yeah. I still love it, but slightly mm -hmm. less. And then by the third and maybe even fourth season, I completely lose interest. I'm yeah. afraid that that's happening with Stranger Things because it, it's already kind of taken a step down in its second season. Uh -huh. Do you have... Are you still as in love with it after the second season? Um, I'm still really in love with the first season. Uh, I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's... The first season was just creepier, and it, it wasn't like trying hard to be nostalgic, I don't think. And it had a really mm -hmm. cool melting pot of influences that, I mean, was just right. super apparent. And then I feel like in the second uh, second season, it got a little bit obvious, like even with the music cues and stuff, they, they played a lot of, you know, 80s retro music and stuff. And um, But, I mean, I'm, I'm glad they put Metallica in there. So, I mean, I'm totally <laughs> fine with that. You know, Metallica all day long. But yeah, we should be getting season three pretty soon, right? That's got to be, hope isn't so. it usually this time of year? Next, next year. Oh, I are they skipping a whole year for it? Yeah, I think it's really? next year. My gosh, wow. those kids are going to be awfully old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, they're great. Okay, since we don't get this, we don't get to answer these questions all the time. This is like an update, Jared. I want to hear what's in your current Netflix queue. Oh, or like what? Either something you're currently watching or you're planning to watch very soon. 
Uh, lots of stuff. If, uh, Terrace House. Time, I, I watch Terrace okay. House. I don't. I have no think idea what that is. Anybody who watches Terrace House? It is the <laughs> it is the Japan version of Real World, and it is exactly what you'd expect oh, it to weird. be from Japan. It's the opposite of the American Real World, where we are loud and crass and and self promoting. They are the absolute opposite, which makes for terribly boring TV. And for some <laughs> reason, I can't stop watching. <laughs> can't get it like it's so polite, it seems. <clears throat> strange compared to what we're used to yeah. this kind of reality show is it um is it a netflix original or is it just it is it you a, can watch it on netflix it was a show that ran in japan netflix picked it up for this new mm. last few seasons and brought it specifically here and and so there's a whole bunch of other seasons that existed before it so they just haven't released those so it's just been i think three seasons we're in like a third the third season of it Anyway, I'm sure most people probably would not. I mean, it's a hit here, like for surely it's popular, but it might not be this crowd that that likes it. Anyway, uh, that's that's probably the most uh, pressing thing I've been watching lately. Pressing nice. thing sounds <laughs> extremely pressing. It is yeah. like we, we, uh, we binge it in like two days. Like pressing or <laughs> pressing or depressing. One of the yeah, two. a little bit of both. A little bit of both. <laughs> All right, Mark. Oh, my turn. Um, yes. So this is, a, this is a boring answer because yes. it's an old it. show, but it, they're adding a new season. Um, they recently, like, they're re... What do you call it? They're bringing it back for another season. But it's uh, Star Wars or Clone Wars. I did not get into it during its original airing. Um, but after ta- having our solo episode and learning that Darth Maul is in the Star Wars Clone Wars series, mm-hmm. I feel like... I've got to at least give it another shot. So that is on my to-do list, and that'll did be you, the next series that I watch on Netflix. Did you go back and cool. watch that mall run of episodes? Or are you, you know what? Watch I, so I went to um, like Google it to find out which episodes it was, and all I could find, because I did a very lazy Google search, um, there was a DVD that they released mm-hmm. that like chronicled like four or five episodes. Yeah. And on, so I just was planning to watch those episodes thinking that Darth Maul would be in all of them since he's on the cover. I went through two of them and he's not in the first two. So I'm like, man, I, wow. I just picked the... I don't know. I didn't read carefully enough, obviously. <laughs> but the two that I watched, he was not in. This is like a all. child. Not even a mention. <laughs> <laughs> However, silver lining here, yeah. the two episodes I watched got me very interested in the show because it was extremely <clears throat> dark for what I thought the show was. There, yeah. It was um, uh-huh. when like a Cyventress gets yeah. cast out. And like she's going to hang out with the other witchy sisters. Mm -hmm, Like mm -hmm. it was, that was really nothing of what I thought the the series was about. I'm telling you, don't let the first one or two seasons of that show trick you. They got really good at the end, right when they canceled Mm. it, basically. Because I remember (laughs) when, um, you know, we were expected to never get uh, any more Star Wars movies when this series first started. But they actually had the the first like three episodes similar to Samurai Jack. Mm-hmm. You know, they made the first few episodes a movie, and they actually, air, um, it was released in theaters. Yeah. So, any opportunity I have to see Star Wars on the big screen, no mm-hmm. matter what the format is, I'm there. So that movie was I terrible. Went to see it. Yeah. Yeah, and I was like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> so that was. Uh, 
I couldn't get into the show. That was my attempt originally. Um, but now, so, knowing that there's yeah. a lot more stuff going on, I'm going to give it an honest try. Wasn't it like it, Jabba's it, it, son in that? Wasn't it yes, like that the it whole was like thing? A job, it was like a baby Jabba or just a baby hut. How, how would man. you feel if that Ugh. character appeared in the new Star Wars film? How would you feel about that, Mark? As a baby? No, of course he wouldn't be a baby. I don't know. You think? I mean, so it's let's if it's like Jabba as an adult is cool, right? He's like this gangster that uh, uh, he doesn't look cool. He's disgusting. He's horrible looking. He's cool. What he's what he's a like uh, built as a crime lord is really cool. Uh, so there's potential for an adult, whatever this thing is, to be interesting. Um, so I would say, like, I'm fine with the idea of it, but how they execute it and what they do with this character, that's yeah. completely different. Okay. You know, in The Phantom Menace, they had, um, I don't know if it was Jabba or just one of, what is it that species called? Are huts. they huts or is that his last name? I think they're huts. J- the Jabba the Hut. All right. So they had the commentator was a hut in the pod race mm. for episode one. Like if that's okay. if this guy's profession is something boring, then no mm. need. Yeah. But, um, so yes. Colin, you are a star Wars guy. Now I'll let you uh, yeah. jump in here in a second. Did you watch the clone war series where are you that hardcore or are you more like the movies kind of guy? Um, I'm not opposed to him. I just haven't really, I haven't really hit him up, but I really do like the movies. Um, mm-hmm. I like the new stuff, um, and I will say that in, uh, let's see, The Phantom Menace, that's probably my favorite lightsaber battle, like Darth Maul. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's, yeah. Like, that's great. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty awesome. Um, it saves the movie. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with the music and everything, it's like, oh, yeah. the music and is like great, so, so, so epic during yeah. that battle. It's so good. Yeah, hmm. yeah, and then the the newest one to the uh, the Kylo encounter with uh, oh what's the what's the bad guy's name the big bad guy Snoke uh, uh, Snoke that's yeah, right Snoke yeah that was so something else can can you give us because this can go into a whole episode can you give us a quick <laughs> recap of how you felt about the Last Jedi because that has been such a polarizing topic oh man um I liked it I I listened to your uh, your episode, your whole like three-hour <laughs> anthem, concise. yeah, <laughs> yeah, your analysis that that was great, man. Um, yeah, I didn't I didn't quite dig that deep, and I uh, but <laughs> but I I really I liked it um, just okay. fine. I had there was some qualms like uh, with Leia kind of force floating back into the ship. I was like, oh, man, yes. you know they kind of missed they missed an opportunity there, and I don't know what they're gonna do. And um, <laughs> but there's um, yeah, there's really really cool moments in it, and there's some kind of like uh, I don't know, but it, all in all, it's okay. We, I think I think we said it in that episode. Um, what I think it was one of our guests said that it it's the Star Wars movie that has the best moments and also the worst moments <laughs> in all of Star Wars. I think there's a lot of yeah. throwaway moments. I, I don't know that they're the worst. I think I think Attack of the Clones holds probably some of the most cringy stuff. Oh man, uh, yeah. That's out there. I have even come to like Men- Phantom Menace more than I do clones. Yeah. But um Jedi, I think I think time just like Solo 2 as a result, I think in time this will be remembered more fondly than 
what's happening right now, which is just chaos. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. No, I, it's I, I never even got a chance to see that Solo. Social media no. has uh, like fan yeah. social media has so much power because you know if this came out in the '90s or even like early 2000s, like the end of the the prequels, you wouldn't hear that much backlash and the studios wouldn't feel so pressured to react to it like mm-hmm. because social media exists the fans have more power than they should like and it it, it shouldn't have an impact on the studios um and their decisions yeah it's getting it's getting like weird heights like this is unexplored territory uh, to see what what happens when uh when, when fans react like this so quickly and so aggressively. So uh, it got yeah. pretty ugly. But we could probably talk about Star Wars uh, in a whole separate episode. So we should probably move on to the next question. Between, what was it, 1 and 20? 1 and 20. All right, let's do 19. 19. Uh, what do you collect? Again, pretty straightforward. Could be as oh, uh, man. elaborate as you'd like. Is there one thing in particular that you <laughs> collect? Oh, yeah. I, um, I collect books like illustrated books i love that and um lego man i love lego so yeah yeah so i have a i have a question about lego so i never i've never been into it at all until Until. recently there's one there's one piece that just came was released this month it's the lego voltron i don't know if you've seen it yet no i haven't seen it yet but um it's amazing yeah and i fell in love with the the new rebooted um voltron series so it's uh, like perfect. in perfect alignment for me yeah um but did you grow up doing legos like your whole life were you into legos yeah yeah um well kind of took a break there for a little bit but whenever i was uh, a kid i used to play lego all the time and you know get the uh, what was the what was that old school space one with the really like the green hatch and everything and, and then there's mm-hmm. the red the, or the orange dome and the ice planet and all that stuff um i was all about that and then um i kind of picked it up again you know as of recent getting more into illustration and design just like man these guys really know what they're doing you know mm-hmm. like they're super creative and um you know all that and really since honestly really since the lego movie that first one came out which just like blew my mind and i i was laughing uncontrollably in the theater <laughs> and uh yeah and i was that's just super inspiring i was like man there's just so much creativity going on there so and uh, so yeah. is is it more the building and putting it together yeah that is like the interesting part to you or do you actually once it's done yeah do you play with the final figures <laughs> and that's <laughs> no i don't necessarily play with them per se but but i like i do um i do like to kind of just put all the pieces out and then just you know put something together there's some kind of therapeutic about okay the this goes here this goes here instead of like you know as as a creative you're kind of you need to sit down and you know come up with something you know fresh and this is already here, you know, so you can just sit down and really just enjoy the creative process without having to kind of, you know, uh, bust your brain on anything. It's just kind of therapeutic. And, right. but, it's, but again, the illustrations that they do for the booklets even and how it all comes together is just awesome. And, mm-hmm. and I'm like, man, look how this part interacts with this part. And um, I'm a huge Batman fan, so I've got a bunch of Batman Legos. And I think the, the crown jewel that I've been looking at right now, though, man, is the... Uh, there's like this giant Batmobile um, from the Batman movie. Have you guys seen that one? I was no. on the shelves. Is it from the movie? Yeah, it's from the movie. Which, which movie? Yeah, the Lego Batman movie. 
Oh, and, oh okay, Lego Batman. Movie. Oh my gosh, dude, it's crazy. And like, it's just this deluxe, huge Batmobile that's made of different vehicles that makes one big Batmobile. And uh, Alfred's in there with a Batman outfit, and like they threw the Wicked Witch of the West in there for grins. And I just think that's like super cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's great. It seems to have uh, been having a resurgence lately, too, with all these elaborate sets that they've been putting out. I hate when uh, kids ask for Lego because I like giving it to them, but it's so freaking expensive. Yeah, like, yeah. Like you it's end up giving them one of those little tiny $10 sets where it's like two pieces and a wheel, you know? And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you, so I don't know what they're called, but, you know, I think in the late, maybe mid to late 90s, Bionicle became like an extension of Lego. Oh, yeah. And now they have, it's not Bionicle, it's under the Lego brand, mm -hmm. but they have characters that you can build yeah. that don't use traditional Lego pieces. It's kind of that, it, it reminds me of Bionicle because it's got like joints in them, mm -hmm. but I've seen yeah. them at, star, at stores. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. There's um, a lot of Star Wars characters that are in this style. That was the coolest one that I've seen. The coolest one that I've seen was K2. Um, mm -hmm. And it, because it looked, yeah. it looked like K2, you yeah. know, it, yeah. it wasn't like a lanky Darth Vader or a, a Ray or something. K2, it just looked like him, you know? So that was the one that I wanted yeah. to collect, it but I, I never grabbed it. It makes sense to do the human characters. Yeah, in, yeah, no, like, it's weird. If, style. Like it should just be the masked ones yeah. that they released for that. That's another cool thing about it. It's just the minifigures kind of our selling points to me too like man look at the design on that little guy you know oh and, i know i love it like i'm not even big into Lego, awesome. but like they just did the i think there's a harry potter minifig yeah. set out now that now i just want to collect it because it's so cool looking i did get the disney <laughs> stuff but uh yeah, yeah it's kind of dangerous all right I yeah think i would <laughs> want the castle Mm -hmm. They do. Uh, I oh, think they yeah. have done it. They're, it's That'll coming. Like, they're doing a deluxe. The issue. One. Oh, cool. The issue with that is like once you build, it's a huge thing yeah. that yeah. you have to figure out where to put. I already have enough issues with the other stupid toys <laughs> that I buy. <laughs> okay, yeah. we are dragging this out. We're gonna do one more question, <laughs> and then we are gonna talk about what Colin does for a Stuff. living. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> All sure. Right, last yeah. one. Last <laughs> one. One more okay. number between one and twenty. Okay, let's do 15. 15, excellent. Uh, what is your guilty pleasure? This is pretty easy, too. Uh, it can be anything, whether it's film, music, television, like something that's maybe considered crappy by most people, but you love it. Like, oh, I don't man. Know. That's a In tough sync one. Or, that, yeah. You know, can I, can I tell you, like, it's kind of funny. I, I never really liked that term, guilty pleasure. You know what I mean? Because it's just, <laughs> you, ever heard that, you ever heard that quote by Dave Grohl where he's just like, there's no such thing as guilty pleasure, man. It's just like, if you, you like it, you just like it, you know, be, be okay with yeah. it, you know? Um, so there's, I don't really know if I have one of those mm -hmm. per se, but, um, man, gosh. There's not like a movie <laughs> I mean, where you're kind of hesitant Lego to collection. say that. You, yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, gosh, I'll have to come back to that one. That's Maybe fine. Maybe we can come back. Yeah. Mark. <laughs> Mark, do you have a guilty pleasure? Mark's got one. I'm sure I do, but I actually have, like, I feel the same way that Colin does. It's like, I don't really care about it. But, um, but you know, it's like when people say, oh, what's a great movie? And you're like, yeah, yeah, Shawshank no, Redemption, as opposed to saying, Double Wears Prada, you know, because you'd be like, well, I don't want to um, say that here or something like that. Fast and the Furious, I really like the first Fast and the Furious movie. That's a good oh, one. Yeah, I think that's, that's a perfect. That definitely falls in that category. Yeah, it, calls, yeah. it falls in that category, but actually it's it's a fun one to watch. 
Yeah, there you go. Very good. Excellent. All right. I can't can't say that I agree with you. <laughs> That's totally okay. That's and that is a guilty pleasure right there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that is twenty questions. Uh, five cool. questions, really. Um, All right. Now we can we can now that we know Colin so well based on that he likes pizza and cats, <laughs> uh, and black labs. <laughs> uh, black lab. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So why don't you, I, I hate this because people, people do this to me and I can't say that. Can you give us a brief summary of what it is you do? How do you describe what you do? Um, yeah, that, that's a tough one. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I like to consider myself a life-giving person that does life-giving art. Okay. Um, so that, that's what's really important to me. And um, all the art, like all the graphic design and everything that I do, all the illustrations that I do, I want it to have like a life-giving nature. So I want it to be kind of upbeat, even if it's, if it's a raw kind of intense, you know, vibe, like just say that Dilophosaurus that, that I put into mm-hmm. your prompt, mm-hmm. you know, like you're like, it's intense. And it's like, yeah, I want it, I want it to be intense. I want that intensity, but at the same time, it's not like scary per se, you know? Um, but then also I want everything to kind of have a positive spin on it. And, um, so the foundation, basically what I do is like, I, I'm a faith-based dude, so um, I want God to be in the core of everything that I do, you know, mm-hmm. whether I'm like talking about him or um, yeah, just trying to be encouraging uh, through the artwork. That's just super important to me. And uh, just as far as inspiration, that's, that's who I seek first and um, basically seek the creator for creativity. So um, that's what I, that's the foundation. Would you consider yourself a, a, an illustrator or a designer, or do you even put a label like that on it? Or, or is one yeah. something you're more comfortable with than the other? Sure. Um, I'm definitely more gravitating toward illustration nowadays. Um, and uh, I do love graphic design, um, but I don't know if I would really even call, put a label on it. Um, but I just really, I really enjoy both, but yeah, what I'm really gravitating toward now is, is illustration for sure. I think it's, it's difficult now because there's that line is so blurred and I don't know if it's because of the, you know, the circles that I run in or like the things that I'm interested in. Mm -hmm. Um, I see so many people that maybe started as designers trying their hand in illustration and the fact that these programs kind of overlap each other so much, um, the Adobe Creative Suite, yeah. where you could be really proficient as a designer and illustrator, and those qualities will make you a good illustrator. Yeah. So it's, it, it definitely goes back and forth. And I think the more technology progresses and these sort of, like, sort of trends happen, yeah. people are becoming a little bit of both right really isn't a clear distinction between the two i think it's primarily with design too because design has become more encompassing i think than what it used to be i think it was a lot stricter in in what we would say is graphic design and and now there's like illustration elements that are going into graphic design and it seems okay it doesn't seem to go back the other way as much because the minute us illustrators start doing graphic design the snooty graphic designers are there to say that's not graphic design that's not right (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah but i I agree yeah i think it's i think it's more did you have uh do you have formal training in your background did you go to art school yeah well um i went to the university of north texas and um uh studied graphic design and uh graduated with an interdisciplinary art and design studies degree so it's basically kind of graphic design and art history and fine art and everything kind of 
mashed up together. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did that. I, I started out when I was a when I was a kid. I uh, started out doing like uh, drawing and painting and everything, and then uh, that was a huge passion. And then uh, started doing graphic design, and then illustration from there. What were you drawing as a kid? Was there something specific that you were all into? Oh man, Legos? same thing. I'm same thing. Yeah, same thing. I'm drawing today basically is like Wolverine and Batman and you know, all that kind of fun stuff. So yeah, that I think always been it. I think this is this is a bigger topic or like you know this is something that we've brought on. Um, you haven't heard this yet, Colin, because we haven't released it. Okay. During this record, but our episode with the Clarks. Um, yeah. We talked a lot about pop culture versus their own IP. So Jared just asked you, you know, what you've been drawing growing up. Sure. You said a lot of the same stuff you're doing now, which is very pop culture yeah. um, influenced. Mm-hmm. Is Do you have a, a stance on creating pop culture stuff versus your own IP? Are you, because right now, if you look at your feed and a lot of your work is very heavy on the pop culture side. Yeah. Uh, is that something you're comfortable doing long term? Like, would you want to be known as a pop culture artist or is creating your own IP something that eventually you would like to pursue? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I would love to come up with characters and everything like that. I'm just so I'm just so inspired by pop culture. And there's a bunch of really great pop culture artists out there. And um, it's it's hard not to get inspired. So but that's mostly what I gravitate toward right now. Like all the Mondo dudes and uh, Hero mm-hmm. Complex Gallery. And uh, there's just a bunch of really great art out there and it's hard not to get inspired. So that's mostly what I gravitate toward. But yeah, I'd eventually like to do, you know, my own character or something like that someday. I'd like to do a kid's book, you know. Mm-hmm. I've got a couple mm-hmm. different ideas. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm totally down for that. But I'm, I'm mostly <laughs> in pop culture right now. So. Yeah, yeah. I hope you don't feel pressured to say that. As I know, like the I feel a lot of pressure the, for sure. The, the creative person <laughs> or artist would think that, like, oh, the right answer is to say I want to build my own IP. Uh-huh. But to be completely honest, like I have zero interest in creating my own characters. Okay. If I could make a living off of just doing pop culture related art, like I would, in a heartbeat, do it. I sure, love sure. pop culture. Yeah so much like it is so much of who i am which is the dumbest and nerdiest thing to say (laughs) but yeah i absolutely love pop culture and have no problem air quotes selling out to just do a career in pop culture related art yeah Yeah, and i I guess the more that can yeah it depends on kind of i think where you are like in that because i i agree i enjoy i love doing pop culture stuff and there's certainly Mm -hmm. room for both uh, mm-hmm. I think creating your own IP is so very challenging and, mm-hmm. and such yeah. a different tract than pop culture. I know we tend to say it as if it is like black and white or something, but it's like they're, mm-hmm. they seem like completely different mindsets um, for so yeah. many different reasons. But I mean, I, I certainly enjoy the, the idea of the challenge of creating your own IP. And, and I, I think you would feel you know, if you created your own character and got a billion hits on it, that's going to feel so much better than if you did a picture of whatever Garfield and it got a billion hits, you know, because you're like, well, this yeah. is somebody else's thing that I've yeah. taken my spin on. So I think that's kind of where I come at it from is that you kind sure. of want to have some ownership of that. But yeah, but I definitely don't look down on pop culture stuff at all. That would be. <laughs> 
So Colin, I know currently you are working as freelance. Is that a, a new thing for you or have you been doing freelance oh, yeah. for some time now? Oh yeah, brand new. Um, I was working at my church for 10 years, graphic oh, design. Wow. And uh, yeah, it was like deep into that. And uh, it was awesome. Love those guys. And then just really felt the pull to go into that pop culture realm. And um, so to do that would be to step into freelance and uh, I got a really great gig in uh, January, and my wife and I were looking to move to Portland as well, you know, Oregon, so um, this would help facilitate that. So I jumped into freelance, and I love it. It's really great, and it, it can be, it's a little sketch at times, you know, but you just got to keep grinding away and going for it, but it's, it's awesome. Okay, so that's a ton of stuff you just said. <laughs> yes. I, I got the question. Are you allowed to say what that initial project was? Um, yeah. The first project that you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, totally. I'm, I, I was working on book illustrations. And uh, mm-hmm. I've been kind of putting teasers out on my Instagram and everything every now and then. Just like a couple little uh, shots of those. Um, it hasn't officially come out yet, but... Um, when it does stay tuned stay tuned yeah, <laughs> yeah let us know we'll, we'll post yeah. it um so you were in texas before before this is that correct yep that's correct yeah why portland what made you want to move to oregon um man we just my wife and i we visited like two years ago and uh had an awesome time on vacation we're like man this is like this really jives with us and uh i was more into the art scene and um marrying with nature and all that she's a hiker and just so when she was out here she's in heaven you know and so it was really cool to see that and uh so we kind of came back uh the following year after we were kind of you know prayerfully considering like man should we even do this because it feels like us so we went into it um came back and like yeah we should definitely do it and then trend and then i transitioned out of my job and then um yeah, we took the leap, man. We moved, and um, yeah, we just feel like God's best is out here, and we're just ready to ready to rock. And so we're really excited about it. Yeah, it's awesome, and it's we've had a pretty epic summer. I gotta tell you, I'm so, sure that I, yeah, you've posted lots of pictures of your drive from from Texas yeah. to the coast, and yeah, yeah looks, drove all the way. Pretty crazy. Um, yeah, it's awesome. You kind of glossed over this part, and this is probably the the section I think that'd be interested to our listeners is. Sure. You had this job for 10 years and then you said you wanted to go into sort of the pop culture realm. So you went freelance and you moved yeah. to Oregon. I wonder if you could unpack that a little bit. Like what yeah. did you do <laughs> to prepare yourself to be able to go freelance? Because that is a big decision to walk away from a job that was probably paying you decently and you probably had benefits yeah. and all that stuff to, mm-hmm. to drop all that and just say, we're going to go pursue this dream. What did you, sure. what went into that decision? Man, it was just, um, I don't know. I, I was really into pop culture like while I was at the church and I just found that, man, I couldn't, I couldn't find the, find the time, you know, because I'd be working all day and then sit, it takes a lot of willpower to go and sit at the computer and, and bang out a poster or something like that too, which I would do, mm-hmm. you know, and I wanted to focus on that a lot more. Um, and uh, I don't know, I just, I want to be able to be a, you know, a positive influence in the pop culture sphere because a lot of uh, a lot of that world can be a little bit dark, a little bit sketch. So it's it's okay to be uh, an encouragement within that as well. And so I felt I kind of felt a call to do that through my work. And um, also, I'm a huge nerd, so I just like <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't bear to not do it. You know, um, I'll I'll definitely pick up other gigs and stuff. I I enjoy working with clients and helping them out, and I'll do logos and 
uh, all that kind of stuff too um, along yeah. the way. But then that really helps make more time for the passion projects, which have ultimately become like an LLC, basically, you know. So did you have a, a roster of clients that you knew were going to go with you once you transitioned to this new uh, way of doing work? Or, or was, was everything from scratch for you once you left this job and made the move? Well, I had that great client out of the gate and I had a couple potential people mm-hmm. and I was just um, confident that we'd be provided for and it's really cool because once once the gig kind of ends, another one would kind of appear. You know, another one. Oh, I'm kind of interested. Would you be available to do this or whatever? Now, granted, I'm I'm searching too. You know, I'm on Indeed or whatever that site is, and just saying, hey, I'm putting my feelings out there. I'm a freelancer. <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, the right job would really pop up at the right time. So mm-hmm. it's really cool to be able to kind of go into freelance with. I guess no fear. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, yeah. And that right. that took that took a bit. And I'm not I'm not saying you know just oh, I'm just gonna go for it. You know whatever. Um, it definitely took a lot of like research and uh, all that kind of stuff. So like I've noticed on social media that you're very uh, you're very active on social media. You're very engaged with your followers and with people leave comments. You seem to be very quick to respond to those comments or acknowledge those comments, which yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, a big awesome. part of it. Uh, how you mentioned Andrew Kolb. Was that someone that you knew or did you reach out to him to ask questions or like how did that conversation come up? Oh, man. Um, whenever I first started getting into the pop culture game, like seriously, mm-hmm. I uh, I really just emailed him and said, man, I'm so inspired by you, you know, mm-hmm. and I really appreciate you. And um, and just sent him a nice email, you know, and yeah. and he answered back. He's a really sweet dude. So he yep. he uh, answered back and. And then I showed him a couple examples of my work and he was, he was super encouraging. And then I would, uh, and then I ended up sending him a, a bigger piece. I don't know if you've guys seen it, but I have this Jurassic Park piece uh, called Breakthrough with this like big Tyrannosaurus and everything. Chase I sent him that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I sent him that and uh, he's like, man, this is sweet. And he actually, he's like, please forgive me for doing this. But he took a screenshot of it and added a couple little marks like maybe you should try this and this. And I was like, dude, Andrew Colt just like drew on my piece. This is oh, so awesome. I would, I would love to get yeah. this. Like oh, that, dude, it was um, it was the coolest. Artist, that'd be great. Well, yeah. and he's such a huge inspiration to me. Uh, one of just many, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so that was really an awesome opportunity. And so, man, just if you have an influence out there, I, I can say this. If you have an influence out there that you, man, I just really am inspired man, reach out to him, send him an email, you know, direct message him. Don't be mm-hmm. afraid to do that because chances are cool stuff will happen and you could cultivate a relationship. Um, and then through Planet Pulp, I mean, he helps run, it, run Planet Pulp. And that's mm-hmm. been a huge thing for me as far as, you know, getting getting everything off the ground and all that as well. So he's just yeah. been a really cool I, dude through so, it all. Yeah. Another friend of the show, Jason Young, he's been on a number of episodes here. Yeah. He, um, that's how my relationship actually started with him. Great. This is probably five plus years ago. Yeah. I sent him an email, the exact same story. You know, I really admire your work. Um, I'm kind of a starting off as a designer. Do you have any tips? Uh, and he was super, super friendly, super supportive and encouraging. Yeah. Um, and 
he really kind of helped me move forward. And I think it's very similar to the way you described your relationship with Cole. Yeah. Um, I, it's, it, it happened at a time where like I needed to hear something like that to yeah. like, know that it was, I was, it was going to be worth my time or like I could do this. Basically. Yeah. It's like, am I, am I onto something here? You know, somebody, somebody that you look up to being able to say like, you know, you can do it. Essentially. Yeah. That confirmation um, is super important. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and the worst that can happen is that they ignore you. Yeah. <laughs> they won't say anything to you. <laughs> if, if they're going to respond, they're yep. going to respond with something positive. If they, if they're not, they just won't say anything. So for sure, you know, worst case scenario, I think is just, you don't get a response, which is, yeah. Totally fine. But but the responses um, the responses are what really drive too. Um, it's really cool to have that connection point. And you know, social media and everything is just such a it's a beautiful thing when you harness it properly. And um and so man, I I reached out to Mr. Don Clark from Invisible Creature as well. He's <laughs> another I'm just a, a big fanboy of his too. And I've been following his stuff for years and years, like even through like just record uh, design like I'm a graphic designer too or I do graphic design and uh, so I reached out to him and when he responded back to me he's like dude you got a really cool style don't stop it's just like whoa you know that <laughs> blew my mind like blew my socks off so um, just yeah. stuff like that is super great but if you can cultivate a relationship that's even cooler so I've got to say one thing about this whole thing because I don't want to put bring our listeners uh, point them in the wrong direction here okay <laughs> Do when you're doing this, if you decide to do this, don't expect a response and don't <laughs> like, I, like, do, yeah, do not yeah. expect a response and don't be act like these, this person you're reaching out to owes you anything. Yeah, absolutely not. No you way. Are, you are, we have been lucky. Absolutely. Um, call, call in and I like this is not, I wouldn't say this is the norm. Uh -huh. So don't expect it. And yeah. just because we happen to get a positive response, I put a lot into the email that I sent yes. specifically to Jason. Like, make sure that it's legitimately from the heart. I'm not just yep. saying this for like put time and effort into it. Because I think if you just slap something together, like a quick G DM and say like, "Oh, your work's cool. Give me some mm -hmm. tips." Like, that won't you'll really get jive. more out of it. And the person you're reaching out to, they can see through the bullshit. Like, yeah, if, dude. If you're genuine and you really want help and you actually do admire this person, um, take the time to really craft a, a, a an honest email. Yeah. Otherwise, <laughs> it's. I think they'll definitely see through that. Yeah, I 100% agree. Um, yeah, and uh, I can be. I'm very meticulous on emails. Sometimes I'll, just, <laughs> I'll spend like an hour. Too, too much I'll, so. Yeah, I'll agonize over it. And I'll have my wife read it too. Just like, man, is this, what do you think of this? And, and uh, yeah, so it's got to be, it's got to be with purpose. And first of all, I mean, it's okay to honor those guys, but then you got to really have a purpose behind it too. So. Yeah. Jared, I, you're probably on the other end of this. Yeah, bro, I was just about to say. Yeah. You you are a more established creative and artist and illustrator. Well, he is the he is the architect of Quickie Mickey after all. So. <laughs> there you go. That's it. This is true. <laughs> um, do you have yeah. any tips? Like, what's an email that you would actually respond to versus 
Um, like, what's something that would get, get you on your radar? Uh, money. Uh, <laughs> it helps. <laughs> no, I, you know, it's, it's, I credit Disney with all the attention that I get because that's always what the questions are about is how do you get to work for Disney or something hovering around that, that area. So it's really more about Disney than it is about me personally. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think what you guys said is exactly the case. And I think it goes across the board uh, with uh, sincerity. Do everything mm-hmm. with sincerity. If you're approaching 100%. anything by just saying like, well, I'm just gonna, then you probably shouldn't do it. Um, mm-hmm. Because yeah. it, like you said, it shows through. Uh, have uh, good questions. Have specific yeah. questions. Know yeah. about the artists that you're, uh, that you're writing to. Like if this, uh, this artist is... Uh, Famous for living in Portland, don't ask where they live. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it clearly shows that you're not following them or you're not paying yeah. attention to anything that they've right. done. So, I mean, that's a stupid example, but it goes across the board that it, you right, should right. be familiar with their work. Don't lie. Um, yeah. it, becomes, it becomes apparent. So, I don't know. It's just little things like that where, like, someone wrote me something and said, how did you get started? And I'm just like, oh my gosh, like, <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> that's how am I going to write that in an email? You know? So, yeah, no, but I think it's the ones where like people have actually very specific questions or, you know, sometimes you can tell people just need encouragement because I think ultimately that's all that it is. It's encouragement. It's not like, yeah. here's the things that you should do. And here's the phone number of the guy you should call. It's, it's none of that. It's just that you suddenly feel like, I mean, it's the same for me when I talk to these other artists, uh, you feel suddenly that you do belong in this community that you love so much. And I think once you start yeah. feeling that and you feel confident, it shows in your work and it just goes across the board. You're a, you're a better yeah. artist all the way around. So I think if yeah. you keep some perspective on it, don't go to them for answers, like uh, for a Absolutely. phone number or a hookup or anything. Right. <laughs> don't be a creeper, bottom right. line. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but I think that's I think that's interesting. Do you have you written to a lot of people with questions or, or like is that something that you commonly do? Because I think that's fantastic. Um yeah. Uh not like a ton or nothing mm-hmm. overboard or anything, but if they really strike me and I feel like man I could really learn from this person, um I'll send them a really just genuine email and and then reach out to him or um like a buddy of mine he became a buddy of mine through planet pulp uh, mr hope you know him mm-hmm. like yes. watercolor oh, yeah. paintings and man his stuff is just super awesome and uh yeah you guys know him and uh so i i direct messaged him as well and um on on instagram and since we were planet pulp buddies you know i figured that was you know there's that extra layer there and um mm-hmm. Yeah, he answered back. He was super cool, and that, and then that became, you know, a cool, a cool thing. Um, but I, I don't do it super often or anything like that. So yeah, um, yeah. it's got to be a special case. Have you had any bad experiences? I think usually, like Mark said, they just don't answer. Buzz off. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or they don't answer me. No, no, I, no, like bad, no bad experiences per se. No. Yeah, I, I did have one one time when I was writing people like that, and he totally Ooh. just gotta hear it just wrote me <laughs> off you know it just was very like i don't know you just do it that kind of yeah. you know like uh, just yeah. didn't want to i was surprised he took the time to respond because i'm like sure. i would just not say anything right yeah you don't say weird but the best yeah. part was years later he came back around and was asking me for a favor and i loved oh, that moment oh, so that's that's terrible full terrible. circle but I was nice. I did yeah. not. He even acknowledged it. He's like, you know, okay. you had written me years ago and blah, blah, blah. But yeah. uh, 
there was some satisfaction in that. But that's a terrible, <laughs> <laughs> that's a terrible lesson to learn. Horrible, horrible. No. So then, this this world, this pop culture world, is huge, and it seems to be getting bigger by the moment. And thanks to social mm-hmm. media, everybody who wants to do it seems to be able to do it. Have you learned any tricks for yourself as to getting your work noticed? Um, yeah, get involved in those, uh, communities, like the online galleries and be part of those prompts, like your, your prompts for, uh, the Jurassic co-create. Yeah. Square co-create hashtag square co-create <laughs> or the, they were awesome, man. And super inspiring. And I'd love to get on that. So, um, yeah, just be a part of those and uh, people, people will notice, you know, people will take notice and, and then great stuff will happen. Just, you can't give up on it, you know? I've been in it for a while. I've been going for about two years now and I don't have like mega following or anything like that. I'm super grateful for everybody that's, you know, paid attention and, and, uh, hangs out, you know, on social mm-hmm. media, but, um, no, you just got to keep grinding away, um, and yeah. going for it and being passionate. And when you don't feel like it, you know, kind of got to force yourself sometimes to sit and, and do it and right. know when to take right. breaks and that's a good all that that's stuff. a good question i wanted to ask about that too because like, yeah what for you when you're doing these pop culture things there's a we, we have a subject matter in front of us that everybody knows usually it's mm-hmm. a beloved subject matter so that yeah. means there's a lot of material out there so like take like you said batman or jurassic park lots of stuff out mm-hmm. there what is the fun part of it for you when you're when you're coming up with a piece is it the, the conceptual stage is it just being able to draw these characters in a way that uh, only you can draw them like what what is the fun part of doing these pop culture pieces for you yeah the um the fun part i love it whenever there's a concept that clicks you know um coming up with something that just okay i feel like this will take the piece to the next level um i love it when that happens and and brainstorming in that way and doing little sketches and then and then seeing the piece kind of come to fruition. That's the the hardest part for sure is starting, you know, sitting yeah. at the computer and I'm like, uh, I'm a productive procrastinator. I try to, I try to, I like to think that I am, you know, uh, <laughs> but um, once you get there and start grinding away and you got, uh, you know, your, I've got Jim Blossom's Pandora going in my ears and, you know, you're just kind of, you're, you're on autopilot you're just kind of creating and having a fun time that's my favorite part aside from okay i got a really sweet concept i'm rolling with you know so so what wonder if you can kind of walk us through your process then what do you what do you normally do then when you're when you're coming out do you um i mean sometimes like we have a show and you get a theme or you have to pick a movie or something that like what do you do do you do a lot of sketches up front or like how do you how do you find your uh, concept yeah uh, I'll, I'll do some thumbnails. Uh, it's, it's funny. Like it, it really depends that I'll go back to it. Hashtag quickie Mickey. I'm going back to it. <laughs> like, By all means. I, yeah, I was like, man, this, this sounds super cool. Um, and I need to do something less like this right now. Um, something fresh, something out of the gate. That's just like, okay, I want to no expectations, no nothing. And that really, uh, inspired me. And so I, I had field notes. I carry a little field notes book with me. And, and uh, I, had, I had an idea like while I was on the road. I pulled over to the side of the road and <laughs> safely sketched sketch an idea, wrote my notes or whatever, and then brought it back. I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I really like Steamboat uh, Willie, uh, Mickey Mouse, and I really like Fantasia. How can I mix the two together? I was like, oh, he's going to like have himself being painted, you know? 
And so once I was like, okay, I'm excited about that concept, I was able to, you know, roll with it. Um, sometimes mm -hmm. I'll sit down with a, a sketch pad and, and come up with a, a loose, super, super loose mm -hmm. uh, uh, composition and then sit down right. and do it. Sometimes I, ideas will come up in the shower, you know, and then I'll yep. just like, you know, dry off and then jot it down real <laughs> quick. And um, yeah, so that's kind of the process. You're the worst place for me to have inspiration jared knows this is real yeah. when i'm sleeping oh like, yeah yeah either have a dream it's not even a dream about it but it's like this happened a few times where i'll wake yep. up in the middle of the night and it'll just be like oh my god this is this is the the, the solution, solution to a problem or like this is the greatest concept for a piece it's yeah like, but you're so you're like in between sleep and awake, so you're in this weird like <laughs> twilight yeah. zone of your like consciousness yeah. where it's like, man, will I remember this in the morning, or nope. do I really have to right, wake myself no. up and drop this quick yeah. note down? Yeah, and then, then even if you then the note if you do do no that, sense. right? <laughs> when you do wake up, like, what the hell is this scribbled yeah. here? Yeah. Wow. So yeah. That's the worst time to to feel so, the inspiration. I don't think I've ever asked you yeah. that, Mark. How do you how do you do your pieces? Like, do you do a lot of sketching, or like, what do you do for your concepts? It's so like because I don't have a specific like style, or uh, I don't. Yeah, style is the best word way to describe it. Like every single piece that I create is so different from the last that like there's not a set style or i mean like process mm -hmm. um but ideally this is how i would like it to work is i'll do at least a, a couple thumbnails to get the idea out of my head to see if it, it can work like compositionally um and then from there i'll start building the shapes in illustrator and then finalizing after that but mm -hmm. um sometimes i'll have like a super super clear idea of where it's what I want to do and I'll jump directly into illustrator. Do you prefer um, that or do you prefer to sort of discover it as you're, as you're creating? Uh, oh, if I can skip steps for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, I hear one. you, man. I've got a step that's like, part of my process. That's the worst. So yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. um, yeah. Yeah. If, if, if I have something very specific in my head and I can, yeah, just start an illustrator, mm -hmm. that'd be great. Yeah. Um, Cause a lot of times, I like, so this is something that's fairly regular. I'll do a super loose sketch mm -hmm. yeah. um, and I'll tr I'll take a picture of the sketch and I'll trace it in Illustrator, um, obviously cleaning it up, but I like the looseness of, you know, the sketch. And then once you clean it up, you still have like the rawness that is you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it, it's, it can go from how you sketch to how you trace your sketch. Um, but there's, in that process, as opposed to just trying to replicate something mm -hmm. on your screen, like having that deeper connection to your own work. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of times it reflects in something that is more uniquely you. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't know if that made sense, but uh, <laughs> it kind of turned into a ramble, but it <laughs> makes total sense in my head. Yeah. No, I think it does. I mean, I, I like to yeah. stay as loose as possible what I'm doing. Like to me, that's kind of the fun. It's kind of scary to go into a piece and not have a super strong concept. But I, mm -hmm. I think some of my better stuff comes from that. I don't know how many times I've done 
like I'm working on one thing, but then have to quickly open a file in another thing just to like save something to say, okay, do, you know, for later, do Mickey like this or something like mm-hmm. that. Just to, <laughs> just to be able to like write a visual note basically. To yeah. But um, sometimes for me now I find when I have a concept that's too concrete from the front, and it's not that it's a good or a bad concept. It's just that you know exactly what you have to do. I find I start getting bored halfway through it because it's now just going oh, no. through the, the motions of like, I got to do this and I got to do this over and over again to achieve this look. And so yeah. I, I start getting either you know distracted or uh, start thinking about other things when my mind wanders. Mm-hmm. But um, what what so program what program do you use, Colin, for, for your stuff? Is, and is it always the same? Yeah, always the same. I start out with uh, Adobe Illustrator. And I'll carve out basically the the composition and uh, colors, and and I'll I'll try to make my color choices and everything in Illustrator, and then I'll go I'll move over to Photoshop, and then start doing all the textures and everything there. Mm-hmm. So that's where I feel like the piece comes alive, and that's my favorite part is is coloring, the, uh, texture, yeah, yeah yeah color texture all that kind of stuff. I like to clip in like real textures of things. Mm-hmm. So like that, that iron giant and everything is like real metal, you know, and I like to kind of, my computer hates me for it, but sure. I like to, <laughs> but I like to actually clip in those, those textures and everything. And then that's what I was like, Oh man, he's, he's shaping up. So that's my favorite part. You have a pretty distinct look. Do, do you, was, was that something you set out to do to, to have your own style or do you feel it's just kind of how you, draw or create these images and do you feel it's important to have a a signature or a distinct yeah. style that's your own yeah I, I actually do think that's important um and that's something I, I i really try to do sometimes i'll even bring up pieces that i've already done and then put them next to a, a piece i'm currently working on it's like okay does this feel like me Am I am I growing? Like, am I am I improving? Like, is this a step up? Am I leveling up from the last one? And that's a really good thing to do. But at the same time, feeling like, okay, does this feel like, you know, something that I would put together? And um, so yeah, I feel like it's really important to do that. And um, yeah, I don't, it's nothing really I, I set out to do. I I, I, for, I firmly believe in the concept of steal like an artist. You ever heard of the book Steal Like an Artist by Austin Kleon? Uh-huh. Like yes. Yeah. That book rocked my world, and it's really important to dig into your influences, um, but make it a melting pot, you know? So, Cole, Invisible Creature, you know, Batman the Animated Series, Samurai mm-hmm. Jack, like all these really great things, and kind of put them together and then, you know, try to come up with something fresh from that. And yes. then and then nowadays, uh, as, I've, as I've kind of progressed and, and just kept practicing and practicing and making more artwork, um, we're going to run out of time here. So we got to, before we do, um, sure. I did want to specifically talk about our next show, which is Dames. And yeah. Colin, this will be your very first Squared Co. show. Yeah. Uh, so thank you so much for not only agreeing to come on this show, the podcast, but um, being willing to participate in mm-hmm. Dames. So uh, you don't have to say this, but do you know... Have you actually? Let's start here. Have you started your piece yet? I started the show. Yeah, I started. Oh, that's was, super exciting. Yeah, I, was, I started, and I'm just like, I better get started, or otherwise I'm not gonna make the show. <laughs> so I, yeah, I, I got it rolling, and um, I'm really, I'm excited about how it's going, 
And uh, so, yeah, I, I awesome. can't wait to share it with you guys. And I really, really appreciate you having me on. And, and uh, this mm -hmm. has been awesome. So I, I can't wait to keep going with you. Yeah. I've got a couple different approaches. I've got a couple different approaches to where. For <laughs> you. <laughs> no, it's yeah. no, it's okay. It's it's cool. It's cool. Um, I I like to dig into portraiture. Like I have a couple mm. of movie posters and everything that uh, I like to dig into that and really come up with a cool look. I'm really inspired by Cine Mexicano, old school movie posters and all that, and uh, you know Mike Mitchell and those he's a beast and stuff like that. So that's really cool. And then another approach I like to take in my compliment series is way stripped down and like shapes mm -hmm. and colors and pantones and, you know, with an affirmation that's coupled with the pop culture character. And then kind of in the middle is more, you know, what you have seen with the Dilophosaurus and the Iron Giant and all that kind of stuff is more just illustrator and then, you know, funky textures and all that kind of stuff, but still, still on with the likeness and, and all that too. So that's more what so, I'm, what I'm heading toward with this piece. So the show is, that was the question I was trying sure. to I just <laughs> edit in something in post. Uh, the show is basically a uh, pretty wide open. It was a tribute to female uh, pop culture characters so or personalities, cool. very wide open. So, you know, it. obviously as, as curators for the show, we wanted to have a subject matter that would be as inclusive as possible. And like, it wouldn't limit people too much, but with such a wide open um, subject matter for you personally, what do you do to sort of narrow it down? Like what's your process? You don't have to tell us who it is specifically, but how do okay. you like, what are you asking yourself when you think, what the heck am I going to do here? Yeah. Well, when you guys presented the prompt to me, I was really excited because I, I haven't really drawn a lot of females and there are so many cool pop culture females out there, you know, music mm -hmm. and literature and obviously film. And so right away, I just like a couple came to mind. And okay. so I would jot, I would jot a list and just like, oh, this would be cool. This would be cool. And then I was just kind of thinking about it one day. I think it was like at lunch or something. Mm -hmm. And then I, I have a piece that honors the figure that I'm about to dig into. I was like, okay, yeah. that's the one. And <laughs> then, yeah, so I just, I, I revisited the film and I was like, okay, this is awesome. So, and then revisiting the film gives a little bit more insight into the character and, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. a little creative edge on that as well. So, yeah. So have you done any uh, shows for uh, any of the galleries, uh, 88 or, or Hero Complex? Or no, I haven't. Like this is my first show, you guys. Um, really? Yeah. Wow. My first well, show. Yeah. You made a terrible mistake. We <laughs> <laughs> so I imagine like all of us, you, you, you keep an eye on the social media for those galleries and see all the shows that, that they do. Was Absolutely. there of those shows that you've seen, is there one where you thought, Ooh, I would have loved to have done that show. Obviously all of them are great galleries. All of them mm -hmm. would love to work with. <laughs> yes. But yes. Like, was there a show that stands out that you think I, I wish I was a part of that show? Gosh, two that come to mind. I think uh, one was gallery 88's Stephen King show. And I think that I would have loved to do like a shining poster or something like that. Uh, I'm not really a horror, like into horror that much anymore. Um, mm -hmm. But that's one that I, I would have dug into. And there was another one um, from Time Bandits. And have you heard of those guys? Time Bandits? No, I know the the, the movie? Monty Python movie. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> I, I hope I'm not. I hope I'm not saying that wrong. But 
Uh, it's another gallery show, and it was like uh, sci-fi noir. So I was like, that's right up my alley. I would love to do that. Um, just stuff like that's really great. So I, uh, yeah, man, Gallery 88, Mondo, Hero Complex, all those guys are awesome. Yeah. So what would be a dream project for you then? Like, what is the ideal like Batman to do a Batman show? <laughs> <laughs> like, do you have, you must have a bunch of concepts and ideas ready to go, but is there one that yeah. you uh, have in mind? What would be uh, the perfect match? Um, no, I, I just love, like I said, that prompt that you guys came up with just was killer. So I'm super excited about that. And if, and if there's somebody that approaches me like, Hey, we dig your work. Would you be a part of the show? I'll definitely like, it's a really cool creative stretch. It's a cool challenge to be able to do that. And right. so I'm happy to be a part of it. Um, some, I guess some dream projects would be, you know, Mondo Con, you know, setting up for something like that would uh, be yeah. amazing. Um, and I would love to do a Metallica poster, like a Metallica, like just a, gig a big, <laughs> big gig poster. I know it's not necessarily pop culture, but I mean, oh, music sure. is another, a huge uh, aspect of my heart and uh, started out playing drums and I've been playing drums for a really long time as well. And so, and guitar. So I really looked up to those guys. And so it'd just be really cool to dig into a sweet Metallica poster, um, I've already got a composition yeah. in mind and everything like that. I just that that logo is <laughs> killer too. So <laughs> there's um, I I feel like it was on Adventures in Design podcast, and I think we've mentioned it on here too. But like a great way to get work like that mm -hmm. is just to s assign these projects to yourself yeah. and do it. You know, a mm -hmm. lot like what you're doing with all this pop culture stuff, you're doing the work without anybody asking you to, and that's led to us inviting you to do this show and i'm certain it'll lead to more galleries inviting you to participate in some of their shows um but yeah i mean if you come up with the uh without being asked to any sort of gig poster mm -hmm. um, that's a great way for people to notice that you can do it because a lot of times the yeah. issue is if you don't show them that you can do it clients can't piece together this puzzle where right. you know they have a great composition on this poster and you have great type on this poster unless you put all that stuff together they can't figure out that you would be a good fit for a gig poster sure i think it was uh jeff granito that we had on that, that did the pixies didn't he do the mm -hmm. pixies poster i think um and i think he just he did reached out to mm -hmm. them didn't he just kind of contact them or something or did they uh i thought I we had someone how, on them where they they just reached out or maybe that was uh Oh, gosh, what's his name? Oh. I don't remember if it was him or not. I know that I have a plan to do something like that for somebody. Um, and I haven't actually done an official gig poster, but I did have the project with House of Blues mm -hmm. uh, last summer to design a lot of the skateboard decks. When uh, a show would sell out, I would design a skateboard deck kind of commemorating that Mm -hmm. gig or that show yeah um that the the band would would do so that's like my closest thing to a gig poster yeah um i am still really really interested and would love to be able to do uh, a gig poster for a band that that i admire and listen to i think yeah, it's kevin sure. maybe it's kevin tong didn't he say something about that like i don't know maybe i'm just not remembering oh, like he reached out was. to them he actually yes. just contacted yes. them and yeah. said look i made this thing or 
can I make this thing for you or something like that? So it's amazing. Yeah, so that's what you similar to what we were talking about in this episode too, mm-hmm. where it's, you know, you just reach out to the people you admire. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think if you, if you do good work, bottom line, like people will notice it may take time before it amounts to anything, but that's, yeah. that's the takeaway for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's great. the joy of like Instagram and things like that too. It gets a little ugly when you start tagging everybody in the world because you want them to mm-hmm. see this thing. But I think it's a, it's a great way to, to, right. I mean, just that we have that direct contact with some of these people now is it's awesome. amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. The, and it's a two sided coin. The good and bad of it is they probably get bombarded with garbage so <laughs> yeah it would too. be difficult to like even get noticed because they get so much stuff but um, or they're again, not even they handling their work. own social media They're right. somebody right. else random person that but sometimes care about. that's helpful too because they're looking for something as opposed to the, the actual star might not be thinking in those terms right. you know so you just mm-hmm. you never know who i mean sometimes you just like i just did a popsicle Thing today and i have popsicle commented on my thing and that got me very excited that's so cool man <laughs> that, that, yeah awesome. like when you get the company <laughs> and they just respond i i still get a thrill out of seeing that i know which is love it kind of crazy yeah yeah, yeah when it's cool. not a cease and desist it's right. great yeah even better <laughs> that's, the, that's the second half yeah that's the second half uh, yeah all right well before we wrap up i do want to say thank you so much again to colin for coming on uh the show and we are really excited to have you participate in our show, Dames, which will be at Leanna Lynn's Wonderland on September 15th. Okay. Um, we, if you aren't already following all of us, we will be bombarding you with posts and more information about the show. Yep. Um, and you aren't, if you aren't already familiar with Colin's work, we will be leaving links to how you can get in touch with him and check out all of his work in our show notes for this episode. Um, But I think that is it for today. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you later.